We begin with the letter A. A is for... M is for murder. E is for... Danger! And, uh... Dodge. With... Monster. Help! Love me and be... Please! Help! Yeah. Welcome to another episode of the Is4 Podcast. <laughs> Tonight joining me is Sarge. Say hello, What's up? Sarge. What's up, everyone? And Danger. Say hello, Danger. I'm scared because I'm not coming in with that level of excitement you just did. <laughs> well, you should be. Because, okay. hi! <laughs> as we've talked about on other episodes, and if anybody's ever listened or watched this before... You know, I like to sometimes wear a shirt that corresponds with what we're talking about. Tonight is the letter M, and we will be discussing Miley. Yes, that's right, folks. I am wearing a Miley Cyrus t-shirt. Not to brag, it's a concert tee. Sarge, what are your thoughts on Miley Cyrus? That's a topic I thought we were going to be talking about. but Danger, I mean, how about you? Yeah, not the topic I thought we were talking about. I'm wearing a Bourbon Moth woodworking t-shirt, <laughs> so... Way far from Miley Cyrus. Great. So tonight we are discussing M is for a word. Okay, I am going to pronounce it now, and then I'm going to spell it. I have listened to several podcasts. I have watched some videos. This is how I believe you pronounce it. Tonight is M for the Mononongal. And for those playing at home, that is spelled M-A-N-A-N. A-N-G-G-A-L. Mononongal. I, okay, I appreciate you speeding up <laughs> the spelling there at the end. <laughs> There's a lot of... It's kind of like when Gwen Stefani spells bananas. There's way more N-A-N-A-N-A's than you think there's going to be, but they're all there. But they're is this there. shit going to be bananas? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Have either one of you ever heard of the Mononongal? No, but I'm really curious on how it connects to Mathis. <laughs> they okay. I'm not gonna speculate. I'm not gonna assume anything. But when we get into it, is Miley Cyrus a Mononongle? She could be. That's all I'm gonna say. Sorry. It, yes, I have. I have unknowingly heard of this before. I've seen depictions of this. So it kind of makes sense to me after doing a little bit of research. And and when I say a little bit of research, I didn't go full depth. I kind of would normally do to help assist in a podcast episode. But I do know a little bit about it. And technically, any woman after sundown could be a Mononongle. Sarge said it, not us. Moving right along. You all were thinking it. So you're telling me, based on that little bit, like I'm gathering information as we go along, but according to Sarge's description, I could have a Mononongle upstairs right now. Oh, for sure. Okay. Theoretically, yes. Technically, you could. And technically, Miley Cyrus could be one. The definition, the Mononongle is a mythical creature from the Philippines that is able to separate its upper torso from the lower part of its body. Then it sprouts fangs and wings to give it a vampire-like appearance. Just okay. to clarify, the Mononongal is always female. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. In folklore, it is always female. There's an artist, I forget what his name is, but uh, he draws Mononongals 
as males as well. And it makes sense. It's supposed to be female when the, when you, when you listen to the lore behind it, which I'm not going to step on. Yeah. Oscar's yeah. We'll get into there. it. We'll get yeah. into it. So the word Mononongle comes from the Tagalog word tenongle, which means to remove or to separate, which literally translates as remover or separator. In this case, it's one who separates itself. The name also originates from an expression used for a severed torso. The Mononongle is described as scary, hideous, it's all usually depicted as female, like Sar said, and is always capable of severing its upper torso with its intestines trailing out and sprouting huge bat-like wings to fly into the night in search of its victims. All right. Two questions. Now, it's usually described as a female. So mm-hmm. does the name change form when it's a male? So does it become a mononongo or something like that? That's I mean, racist. Of Next sexist. question. That, that's sexist, not Both. racist. Um, the, everything I found in my limited research says no. It's still a mononongle. Okay. All right. And two, I, I you know, is there between like waiter and waitress, or actor and actress, you know, or fungus and fungal, <laughs> or fungi? I don't know. I don't know. It just I'm wondering, does the word change form when it's in it when it's a different person? Anyway, so now. We, we, you've stated quite a few times that it separates the torso from the legs. Yes. Does it reattach in the morning? Ah, yes. We'll get there. All right. Because the mononongle for if for the really quick definition, I really like this. It's known as the self-segmenting viscera sucker. What a cool name! <laughs> now, def, like definitely like a death metal album name. <laughs> I've I've often but- said this. I, I like movies, books, TV shows that tell you exactly what you're getting. And when you say self-segmenting viscera sucker, I got a pretty good idea what I'm getting getting into, and I'm I'm down with it. <laughs> okay. Uh, before we go further, I'd like to acknowledge the the main source for this. I've brought this show up before on on previous episodes. You can find all these on YouTube, but it's a show from PBS called Monstrum. They are fantastic. When we did our episode on the Wendigo, I got a lot of information from there. Anytime we talk about cryptids or monsters, especially if it's an episode that I'm doing, PBS Monstrum, there's a really good chance that I'm getting a lot of my information from there. Great show. Okay. Fair enough. So... Kind of going back to what Sarge said, the Mononongle separates itself at night. It's during the day, most often, the Mononongle is depicted as a beautiful woman. And, and usually, oftentimes, actually still carries on a fairly typical woman's life. A lot of times they're married. A lot of times they're mothers. It's just in the evening is when they... Become Hannah Montana or Mononoma. Yes. Way to stick to the source material. Appreciate it. Okay. So for whatever whatever reason, I keep seeing Sarge. It looks like you're wearing a turtleneck on my screen. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why, but go on. Turtleneck and chain. Turtleneck and chain. (laughs) 
I keep getting distracted by his non-turtleneck. Oh, so, oh, it's got a hood. Yeah. Right. Okay, so the non- I like that less. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> the non-turtleneck here. All right. So not to counterdict the actual person leading the episode. That's not um, a word, the, but go ahead. What, counterdict? Contradict? Yeah, it's contradict. Contradict, contradict whatever it happens to be, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so you're going to counter keyword dick. Yeah. <laughs> I yes. feel way less threatened by whatever you're getting ready to say. Yeah. Go no, there you go. All right. So from the, from what I've researched, and I don't know if yours is any different, but it says that um, usually newlywed, hunts newlyweds, couples in love, newborn children due to being left at the altar that grooms-to-be are one of the first targets. So if they're – now I get living a, a, a dual personality, you know, a, a dual life. Why would they be married if they were if they hunt newlywed grooms or soon to be grooms? Or is that a way to yeah. become safe to wed one? I, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. No, just... You are not wrong, but you're also not correct. Yeah. Because, it's, it's... Yeah. Yeah. Because soon to be wed grooms are not usually their number one target at least at least in in what i was was looking at so to go into that the mononongle preys on usually sleeping pregnant women mm-hmm. yeah so in addition to the bat wings and the intestines it has a long proboscis like tongue that it uses to either go up the nose or into the mouth or potentially other orifices to suck out the insides of human beings, oftentimes feeding on things like phlegm and mucus. But oftentimes when it comes to pregnant women, sucking out their fetuses. Okay. So from what I gather from what you just told me, So this thing uses. Did you say? Did it? Did he write like tentacle like things? Uh, Proboscis like like a mosquito. mosquito. More like a mosquito. Yeah. All right. All right. Sorry. I'm just going your description to my interpretation. Okay. So it uses these mosquito needle things to go in through um, nose, ear, mouth, pee hole, or butthole. If if you want to to be blue about it, yes. Technically. To go after mucus and like the liver gets in the way. Uh, just you know whatever's on the inside. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Just just wanting to kind of put it together that like mucus is like the main driving factor of it, but other or, or, or mucus and or fetus are the main targets. But then these other things just happen to get sucked up in the process. I yeah. think it's indiscriminate. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. so it has its main targets, but kind of like a vampire, I think it's kind of going to go after whatever it can get its fangs on. Or in this case, it's several feet long proboscis-like tongue. Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, it probably looks like a pregnant woman like dinner and then snack. Okay. Fair. Uh, Good. Fair. Yes. Yeah. After dinner snack. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At, to Sarge's point, it does sometimes go after newlyweds or couples in love, and also sometimes newborn children. It'd be like a group one together. It's like we have to eat fetus. Okay, we're gonna feed us. We're gonna, yeah. All right. Pun. 
look, if you're not going to take this seriously, I, I don't even know what I'm doing here. Okay, okay look, <laughs> This I, is an educational program. If you've come here for your education audience, you've come to the wrong place. Hey, if you want to be educated on the Mononongle, this is a good place to be. I am still like waiting for it to fully connect back to Miley Cyrus other than she could be. What more do you need? I mean, you could have pieced it all together by now. I mean, in that case, so could Adele. Look, look, I just wanted an excuse to wear my awesome Miley Cyrus concert tee from 2009. You, you know what, Monster? I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. Here you go. You have connected it full circle to Miley Cyrus and every other woman on the planet. Hey, whoa, whoa. I'm not, I'm not saying that. Uh, and just to clarify, this is one of two Miley Cyrus concert tees that I own. That's not something. It's, it's not something you really want to tell us. Hey, it was 2009. No. It was before she went off the deep end and then came and, back. And, and you've then told, kind of went off the deep end again. You've told all 12 of our listeners. So, yeah. hey, whatever. So, uh, Danger, you were asking about this earlier. The severed lower torso, when they separate, is often left standing and is way more vulnerable than the upper half. I would assume so, since it's just standing in a corner somewhere in a room and often, not flying around. Oftentimes they're found in, I believe it's banana plant fields because the stalks of the banana plants resemble human legs. So it's a good place to kind of camouflage hmm. it. Okay. Now, I didn't know that. I didn't come across that. It's pretty well, cool. That's, that's what I'm here for. I'm here it's to, cool. I'm here to educate you. Take the compliment. Just, just open the mouth and I'll baby bird it right on in there, <laughs> right on in there. So the way you defeat this thing is when you find that lower half, you sprinkle salt or smear crushed garlic or ash on top of the standing torso. It is fatal to the creature. So the when it tries to reconnect, it, it sloughs up. The upper torso then would not be able to rejoin itself and would perish by sunrise. All right. Now, the Mononongle is known in Filipino culture as something known as an Aswang. Mm -hmm. Aswang is basically, it translates to demon or ghoul or witch. Put it this way. It would be like saying all Mononongles are Aswangs, but not all Aswangs are Mononongles. Yeah. They have other creatures as well in their folklore. Yeah, if I remember right, from what I was reading, uh, Oswogs in the Filipino folklore also include like goblins, ghouls, imps. Pretty um, much everything that we would, everything that we would classify as a cryptid or a nightmare creature or a fantasy creature would probably yeah. fall under the umbrella of Oswog in Filipino folklore. Okay, so at first. I was going to say it first appeared in literature around 1582 in Spanish missionary texts, but it's believed that there was probably already oral folklore for the indigenous people of the Philippines. Their origin story is wild. A woman will become a Mononongle if she eats a baby black chicken that has come out of the throat of an older pre-existing Mononongle. So it's a very specific way that a woman becomes a mononongo. Yes, and there's a very specific way to cure a recently turned mononongo. What you got to do is you got to get that baby black chicken out of her stomach before it can be digested. 
The usual method of this is hanging the woman upside down and just beating the shit out of her and fumigating her and swinging her back and forth violently until eventually she pukes up the baby chicken. Okay. And so what happens if like you hang this, this woman upside down, beat the shit out of her and then no baby chicken comes out. You just beat a woman to death. <laughs> like that's, that's <laughs> Have you, have you ever read the crucible? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Fair answer. <laughs> so there are several theories as to why the Filipino people created this creature, but it's uh, it seems to stem mostly from the Spanish colonizers bringing Christianity to the region. The Filipino people were actually pretty open sexually. Divorce was culturally acceptable and women's roles were seen just as important as the men. They were kind of ahead of their time back in those days. You How know? dare they think women are equal to men? That's yeah. I mean, to, to know that that's where you started and to know what like to, yeah, to know that that's where you started. I can only guess where we're going. Pretty much. Yeah. When the Spanish colonizers came into the region, they brought this puritanical form of Christianity, which challenged the ways of life for Filipino people. And the Mononongle was almost like a way for them to fight back at it. Because if you think about it, the Mononongle is literally a woman separating herself from her sexual parts to go and cause terror amongst the other people i uh i don't know to know that like the filipino people were like at a let's just say a higher form of society than the rest of the civilized world um and like there was like hey they were like hey women are equal to men and then colonizers came and they were like no they're not no they're not and it's well, like they had to create this like folklore of fear to basically scare the the Spaniards into it. It wasn't so much that they were ahead of the curve. It was just that when the Spaniards came, their form of Christianity was that very, like I said, puritanical. It was very old school. Like even by today's Christian standards, what they were preaching was harsh. Yeah, like <laughs> like women were meant to be domesticated property, whereas yeah. the Filipino culture was much more kind of how we have our culture today. The woman is every bit as represented or has as much say as the man in the household, at, at least, you know, in, in most homes. Right, right. But do you know where where everybody has an equal say? At podbean.com. And if you go there, you can get a month of podcast hosting services for free if you use the coast the the code Danger Sarge. Make sure you read those terms and conditions. True story. So the Filipinos and the the Spartans kind of had the same theory, right? I study a lot of history, so it's like uh, the Spartans in the fourth and fifth uh, centuries, right? They're women had more rights and more liberties and could do more things than most of the other women in and around the Greek and Roman empires. 
I think I think I remember that from three hundred. That is yeah. my extent of the knowledge <laughs> of farm three hundred. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leonidas's wife seemed to be, you know, had some say so. Well, she, considering how she was the queen, yeah, I'm pretty sure exactly. she did exactly. And and and, and it it is true that um, they were better educated. They were more physically fit. They were the they were the gatherers. They were the farmers. The men were the hunters, but it was said that only a real woman can give birth to a real Spartan. So because they give birth to all these these warriors, these world-renowned warriors in the 4th and 5th century, they got a lot of freedoms. So we're going to Spartan sidestep for a second. Um, So if a woman couldn't give birth to a male child, was she seen as less in the Spartan eyes? I was not around in the fourth and fifth centuries. So, well, you can't start throwing facts out there and then get all defensive when danger asks a follow up. Uh, it, it's, it's not really defensive. It's, I don't have a clear answer Thank on that. Answer. But what I will yeah. say is, like the children, when the children were born, they were given a very, 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 very rigorous physical when they were born to make sure they didn't have any deformities or. Or anything like that. Now we just count toes and fingers and go longer away. Yep. We don't even worry about if they're boy or girl anymore. According to what was talked about at the beginning, anybody can become a mongrel. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. You okay, that was incorrect pronunciation. You you threw the word mongrel in there, and that's not correct. (laughs) Look, look, maybe maybe the man, the if it's a man, it's called a monger dongle. I don't know. Ooh, ooh, instead of a mononongle, it's a monodongle. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Dip your weight. So back, 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 back to the mononongle. Yeah, um, please. It is said that the from what I've researched, they share a same affinity for, I don't want to say affinity, but same weaknesses that vampires have, like silver, garlic, religious icons, um, I think holy water was one of them. Vinegar was another or something like that. I mean, holy water and garlic is going to get rid of most of your problems. I mean, really, if you think about it. But yeah, like I was saying earlier, when the when it separates its upper half from its lower half, the bottom half is basically just this like gaping torso wound. And if you season it, <laughs> basically season it like you're going to throw it on the grill for a couple hours and it'll just knock that bad boy out right there. But yeah, okay. salt, garlic, vinegar, and we'll get into why that is in just a second, because I have something else to tell you, which is kind of gross to certain people and it has to do with what you just said seasoning all right so uh question so you were talking earlier about the whole like hanging a woman upside down and beating and beating her until the baby bird comes out yes all right so is that to keep a woman from becoming full yes jesus so yes so okay. when a when a woman first becomes a mononongle she swallows that baby bird once they realize she has the baby bird in her, they flip her upside down and whack her a whole bunch of times to get the baby bird back out before she digests it. If okay. she digests the baby bird, she becomes a mononongle. Okay, so uh, so if she digests it and she's become full monofungal, 
then we go the route that Sarge was talking about, holy yes. water, silver. Where or you we, season her torso and yes, put it on the grill yeah, for about yeah. 45 minutes, flipping twice. Right, right. Or, in butter. or from what I've also seen, just stab her through the heart with a spear. That'll work too. Just yeah. good old-fashioned impaling. That usually takes care of your problem as well. What cannot be solved with garlic, holy water, or a spear? Honestly. Yeah. I say when in doubt, impale. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that say. I mean, I've ladies and gentlemen. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, no, ladies and gentlemen, it is not the official stance of the Danger and Sarge program that when in doubt, impale is the correct <laughs> philosophy. Um, it's a personal philosophy. <laughs> so on a weird cultural side note, in Filipino culture, it's not that uncommon to eat a food known as balut. Do either is, one of you know what balut is? I've is this heard of it. The egg where you break it open and there's a bird inside. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Just judging from the hand motion <laughs> you made, I was like, you know what I'm getting ready to talk yeah. about. Yeah. So it's a fur- fully formed uh, chicken in the egg that is stopped from hatching. I don't remember how they stop have from hatching or what, but. They actually basically hard boil it in the shell and then you okay. sit down to eat it and you break the shell off and you eat the bird. Balut is essentially a fertilized bird egg, usually duck, and it's incubated for a period of about 14 to 21 days. And then it's usually steamed, but yeah, it can be hard boiled as well. I I didn't, I wasn't sticking to the hard boil. I was just talking about it. it's cooked in there. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's incubated long enough to get some meat and feathers on it, basically. Yes, and, and what's interesting is a lot of people from that culture, even the ones that admit that they enjoy eating it, still say that it kind of freaks them out because, like you said, you crack open that egg and there's usually a baby chicken side. Right. It's kind of like the Mononongle because it likes to eat the babies but specifically the unborn ones that are still inside the mother. So I have an, I have, I've connected thoughts Go on. Yeah. Well, so there, there's a certain school of thought that believes that Balut and the Mononongle are connected. Hence the baby yeah. chicken, you know, it, it all sort of ties in with one another. So, I'm thinking that the Mononongle was a story that got out of hand by some jerk that was serving the balut to a Spanish settler. And the Spanish settler opened, like, cracked the egg and was like, what's this? And he was like, well, if you eat that, then your torso stays on the ground and you turn into a bird or whatever. And it just spun out of control. I feel so like here. trying to tell somebody that your torso will stay on the ground as you shoot up in the sky is another way of saying explosive diarrhea. Yeah. Maybe it was a uh, misunderstanding of of the language there. No, 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 no. He didn't say I was going to have intestinal problems. He said I'd sprout wings and fly in the sky. What does what does a Mononongle and Steve Irwin have in common? Oh my God! What? Right, go, go on. A stingray barbed through the heart can kill him. So they are deathly afraid of stingray tails because they can be fashioned into spears, and when pierced the heart, it kills them. So, all right. Um, hold on. Hold I'm on. reach over here because that's what that joke was. It was a reach. <laughs> nope. Nope. Hold on. 
All I'm going to say is that one guy that watches our YouTube videos is going to comment on that segment. That's all I'm going to say. Because it's, it's, he makes joke. some good points. We we learned from a previous, <laughs> a previous no pun video. Intended. Yeah. We learned from a previous video that the only person that watches uh, waits for Sarge to say something like that to just pounce on it. <laughs> and that's okay. That's okay. Speaking of Balut... Have either one of you guys watched the show An Idiot Abroad? Yes. Yeah. My God. Top 10 favorite shows of all time. I absolutely love that show. It's and a, there actually, is, sorry, you, you just said it, yeah. uh, and I meant to say this before. I believe it's actually pronounced Baloo, but it's like the bear from Jungle Book, but it's got the T in it. So I think it's actually a, uh, a French word, but it's a Filipino dish. So uh, again, you may be correct. Uh, the places that I was researching, it they did pronounce the T, but you okay. may be correct. I mean, food is like the one thing that I know. <laughs> right, right. Which is really weird that you'd yeah. be wrong about this, but I think you are. But on okay. an idiot abroad. I've been wrong about other things. <laughs> there's an episode where I don't I don't even think he's in the Philippines. It it might be, but um, he watches another guy eat balut. Or balloon, and he is just absolutely just like, is that a fetus? Is he eating a fetus? Like he says the word fetus probably five times in two minutes, and it's hilarious. There's other countries that serve dishes that are pretty much the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know if it originated in the Philippines or whatnot. I'm just always wondering how you season it while you're cooking it, because it's okay. So that's part of the whole. Thing with the Mononongle, again, tying it back into that, is a lot of the seasonings that people put on balut when they eat it, salt, vinegar, garlic, are the same seasonings that you put on the lower torso to kill the Mononongle. Look at me, unintentionally bringing it back. <laughs> nailed, nailed it. So, another interesting thing tying it back to Filipino culture is the architecture of some Filipino homes. If you look at this, a lot of Filipino homes were built like a few feet off the ground with these like pitched roofs and windows kind of in weird positions to sort of discourage perching again in preparation for a mononongle. Okay. So actually you said perching, like does I don't remember you talking about the description of like its feet. It's because it's on the ground. Right. But once it takes right. off, right. Uses but it, it's okay. well, possibly, but honestly, I think it means more just like the ability to hover and be like in your window. The, the windows are put in such a way that, if they are outside of the window, they're not going to be able to reach in and get to what they're trying to get to. Okay. So I mean, now I wasn't, I didn't know if like it separated from the lower portion and then there were feet like talons that came out of it, or if it was just like entrails hanging from, you know, what's interesting is in the research that I did, I saw a few different depictions and they always, they never had any lower half. They're literally right at the waist cut in half. And you see their like intestines and guts yeah. floating behind them as they fly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think in some of them, I saw hands 
and then they have their wings. And then in other cases, it's just the wings. They don't have their hands anymore. I think they pretty much do all of their damage through that very long tongue. What happens to the arms? Do they stay with the legs? They become the wings. All right. All right. I can see that. I can see that. But another thing in Filipino culture is it's not uncommon for newborns to sleep with their parents right in the middle between mom and dad. Again, possibly due to threat of the Mononongle being able to get their tongue in there and reach the kid. Now, my five-year-old likes to sleep that way, too. She's never heard of the Mononongle. She just likes to be a pain in the ass. So that's that's what that is. <laughs> maybe okay so maybe they're all right in germany you had krampus <laughs> to instill fear in children at christmas time so maybe the mononago is the same for the philippines all year round i don't know either way i don't mind if my five-year-old sleeps in the bed with us i just wish he'd quit kicking me in the back all night long no that'll never that'll never stop yeah now, doing research sure that's for this way? particular topic, you know, sometimes you go down the rabbit hole of like different Filipino mythologies, you know, things of that do. nature. Even and, even when I'm not researching something like this, I end up going down the rabbit hole of <laughs> Filipino mythology. So they have a, uh, so I'm going to mess up the saying, but I'm going to do my best. A uh, Nuno San Panso, or just a Nuno. And it is a dwarf-like nature spirit. It is believed to live in an anthill or a termite mound. Hence its name literally translating to ancestor or grandparent living in the anthill. Hmm. Uh, when, you, when you do look up some more of the mythology, you can see that the buildings, the architecture, uh, the footpaths, all the stuff like that, you know, it, it really means something. Like, the only way for these little monsters to get into your house is if they can climb up on your front porch. Well, if your front porch is three feet off the ground and they can't get on your front porch, yeah, yeah. right? They're not going to get in your house. Um, there's another one about um, – I don't think I have the notes for this one. It was a Duwandi or something like that, which is basically like a gnome or a leprechaun. And it was set. It was said to um, harass the uh, Spanish. I don't want to say colonizers because that's what they were. They were. They were. They were missionaries. Is that what they were? Tomato, yeah. tomato. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, I'm uh, trying to give it the accurate name. Yeah. Um, Missionary to, pillager. You know. Yeah, there was a thing written. I forget where I read it from, but it was a like a story written that was word of mouth, finally written down. The people kept telling the Spanish that if you keep trying to do stuff, the Duwandi's going to come and get you. And essentially, this little leprechaun is going to come get you. Don't know what it did to you, but it's going to come and get you. All right. So, Sarge, um, you're going to have to go. We're going to have to go back a couple episodes. There was a like a ghost or spirit that you were talking about before that didn't do anything, but just made things inconvenient. Oh yes! Um, oh man! Yeah, I love that guy. So, uh, like, his name you, was. You have now found two things in folklore that don't do any destruction, but just bother the hell out of you. Oh, it, it was the uh, it was the uh, someone could curse you with with it, yeah. and it was from England. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah. Know. And I was I making a joke. 
I was making jokes of gold, and I can't believe I can't remember the name of it now. Yeah. So, audience, if you can't tell, we pretty much gather information, like record an episode, and dump it all. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a lot of information over again. Yeah. Now, monster, you were getting ready to say something. What's up, man? Well, I was just getting ready to say, to your point, n- number one, mm-hmm. if you just Google Aswang. A S W A N G. You'll Thank see you all for spelling kinds. that. <laughs> yes, yes. Not not to be confused with ass wang, which is a totally different thing. Turn safe search on before you Google that one. Uh Aswang, you'll see all kinds of, like you were saying, Sarge, different kinds of creatures that all stem from different kinds of folklore. And to piggyback off of what you said, nine times out of ten, when it comes to cryptids and monsters and just the weird folklore kind of stuff, there's usually some sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Cautionary tale involved. Mm-hmm. Like the, the Mononongal, for example, is a cautionary tale about female sexuality and pregnancy. Whereas some of these other ones are cautionary tales about lying and thievery and staying out too late. And they all sort of, have some sort of component of that within their design or what these creatures do to their victims. I I was talking to somebody recently about our grim fairy tales episode. And so I'm kind of finding a connection between that and this, which you were just saying monster that pretty much all uh, pretty much all of the folklore that was written and, you know, put into practice, it was all just a means of controlling people. 100%. 100%. Our, Even going back yeah. to last season or the season before with the Jersey Devil, it was the same thing. It was about, it was a cautionary tale about having too many kids. Everything yeah. has some sort of, I don't want to say moral component, but all of these folklore and superstitious things usually revolve around some kind of, hey, don't do blank or blank. It's going to get you will right. stick its proboscis tongue into your nose and suck your fluids out. You know, like that kind of thing. Well, I mean, don't threaten me with a good time. I can't remember the last time I was tucked into bed as a child where my mother didn't use that phrase. Um, so I found, and I don't know how well this plays into it, but uh, a uh, modern Mononongles they're, depict, they're depicted the same as winged figures uh, detached from their legs, but they put a, I don't want to say a political spin, but a moral spin, a social, a social class spin to it that uh, their leg, them leaving their legs behind is a reference to the millions of uh, overseas Filipino workers who labor under poor working conditions and are unable to return home. Like, like their hearts go out to their home, but their legs have to stay in the wherever they're working at. I, I don't know. See, there wasn't was, much into that article I could understand without Google Translate. And that's that's a modern day. Yeah, manga flongle. Are you are you referring to Waka Flocka, the rapper? <laughs> yes. Yeah, you heard it here first. We connected Waka Flocka to the Monadongle. Um Well, okay, so. That sounds pretty interesting because one of the things that I came across when doing this research is just picture this creature, a beautiful woman 
who suddenly becomes this vampiric monster with fangs, this huge long tongue, these giant wings, its guts are hanging out. That is a very visceral picture in your mind. But this is not a creature that you have seen a lot in pop culture. And doing the research for this, what I came to realize was there's only a couple films that have ever had a depiction of a Mononongal in them. And there's actually a relatively new one. I can't remember the English title. The, the Filipino title is Ang Mononongal S.A. Unit 23B. And it translates to something of like... Quite the title. Well, it translates to the Mononongal in Apartment 23B. And it has something to do with some kind of weird relationship thing. And it turns out the girl in the apartment is a Mononongal. And when I, when I looked it up, I couldn't find it anywhere to actually watch it. It's not an English-speaking film, but I think you can find it with subtitles. It actually looks really well made. Like it looks like it's pretty freaky. And if I'm if I'm not mistaken, it's got a, a solid rating on IMDb. So it'd be worth looking into. You're you're telling me I could go to the Philippines and see the Mononongo in apartment 23B right after Endgame? <laughs> uh so, just, they, that title did not roll off the tongue at all. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure the Filipino people could say that a lot quicker than you did. Or any of us, for that matter. What, but, I was getting ready to say, what do you want from me? I am I am whiter than the text document that I'm looking at to read from. I'm no, doing okay. the best I can. He's okay, trying so, his best. <laughs> all right, so I will I will give you props because on this show we have like we've gone for uh, like French names, German names, Japanese names, Chinese names, but you are the first person to take on Filipino name. <laughs> so and not to not more to power brag. To you. Not to brag, but I am killing the word Mononongle. I have said it right every time. <laughs> you are doing a very, very, very good job. Thank I, you. I will mispronounce it every chance I can get. And as you have demonstrated. I will say that there apparently was some sort of uh, Mononongle film from 1927, but the film when the Spanish colonizers came, it got destroyed and... It's it's gone. Um, Blasphemy. What, uh, which how Spanish coloner, colonizers get to Philippines? Well, okay. They saw land. It was like free real estate. So, yeah, but honestly, I just wonder when that was. I would think it was like 17, 1800s. It not, was. It was. It was okay. way, way, way before the nineteen twenties. But just over time, that it wasn't really due to the Spanish. But it basically was one of those things that was just lost to time over the years okay. but part of that was due to the fact that they were i don't want to say trying to destroy filipino culture but but they were kind yeah, yeah. kind of so it, it wasn't necessarily directly at the same time as the colonization but that was part of the reason why a lot of filipino history text and old cinema like this ended up being destroyed later on okay. But there was a film called Ang Aswang from 1932, which, again, I'd love to see. Very similar to, like, Universal Monster Pictures, but in the Philippines, uh, that had a depiction of a uh, Mononongle. Now, there is one very recent 
mononongal depiction. Have either one of you seen a Netflix series called Trace? No, no, but I was thinking of, I feel like there was a mononongal type thing in Black Mass that was also on Netflix. Perhaps very that that very well might be true. There is a manga called Tresse that Netflix has done a yes. show on, yes. and in that show, it it features like a female detective that deals with like supernatural beings, and apparently there's a whole like Mononongal gang or faction or something. So mm-hmm. I've never seen it. I don't know if it's any good, but. I know it exists. So as someone that has read the the graphic novels and have seen the Netflix adaptation, it's very close. It's mm. very good. The acting's pretty good. There's a lot of supernatural to it. Um, it's like, if I had to put it anything, it's like John Constantine, except as a edgy goth female. I've never heard someone add more syllables to the word Constantine than you just did. That was interesting. I aim to please. John Constantinople as a... <laughs> I said John Constantine. No, you said something different, but that's okay. Hey, it's all right. You come out and wash. <laughs> but that's, that's basically it. I just thought... I wanted to talk about this thing because as a fan of monsters, being one himself, I thought... The idea of a creature that separates its upper body from its lower body, sprouts bat wings, and then sucks the goo out of inside of people. What's not to love? This thing (laughs) is dope. And what's crazy is for as gross and scary as it is, it's not very well known outside of the Philippines. Maybe after this episode, the monodongle will be known. At least, at least this episode. Oh. Maybe this episode get listened to in the Philippines, and they're like, "Hey, they're talking about us." Piece of advice, and I will go ahead and say this is as from the Is for Podcast, Andrew and Sarge as a whole. Don't just start sticking D's where they don't belong. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Danger. Okay. Or it, or it becomes monorongal. I have nothing else to say. Um, uh, but yeah, so Mon and Ongles. Um, Danger, I'm skipping you because you have forfeited your... No, 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 no. Go, go <laughs> I'm checking our I'm checking our stats to see if we have any listeners from the Philippines. The answer's no. Danger, that what can confirm and deny. No, we have in the past had listeners in the Philippines. We don't. Recently, I just checked the stats just a bit ago before we got started, and it didn't have the Philippines. Australia and uh, Taiwan showed up on there i believe but Ah. yeah yeah anyway monster what'd you ask me (laughs) well i was trying to do the whole hey what have you been up to lately but since everybody's searching stats i'm gonna go first okay go Uh, first i finished cujo and there is a section near the end that if anybody has seen the movie but maybe not seen the book completely diverges from the movie and there is a particular sentence, uh, no spoilers, that when I read it, my heart sunk to the bottom of my body. And I was like, oh, oh, this book's a lot more hardcore than just a dog attacking a pinto. Like this is, uh, whoo, this one's rough. But it was really good. I'm glad I read it. I really enjoyed it. And now I am on to The Stand, which good book. Good book. is 
and, and and Sarge, I don't know if you know this. I think you do because we kind of talked about this on our Stephen King episode. I would say go back and listen to it, but it's terrible. Don't. We'll have to do a, a new version of that soon. Uh, the Stand is actually one that got published, and then a few years later, like an extended cut was released. And I, for some reason, I don't remember who, might have been my brother, gifted me the extended cut, which from what I've seen, doesn't really add anything except mm -hmm. 300 pages that I probably could have done without. So here we are. I'm about 40 pages into it. So far, it's good. I've heard it's one of his best. So I'm excited. Yeah. All right. It's funny, you're, it's funny you're talking about Cujo because earlier in the week, last week, I don't know, days all run together now. Um, I just threw on uh, Friends as I was falling asleep, and it was just something for me to fall asleep to with noise in the background. And Rachel was watching Cujo. Ah, yeah, yeah. So I know never, you didn't know where I was going when I said I was watching Friends, but I've never seen the movie, but I had seen enough to know what happens. And let's just say the book and the movie end very differently. And Stephen mm -hmm. King has even said he he thinks the way the movie ends is good for a film, and I don't disagree with him. But I will just say that the book ends with a little bit of a gut punch that I was not expecting. Yeah, for sure. Is it just like a statement or like a section or there's just something that happens at the end that does not happen at the, in the movie. And there is a specific, it's literally one sentence. Like you think you kind of have an idea of what's happening. And then somebody says one sentence and you're like, wait a minute, what? And you're just like, that's not okay. Don't do that. <laughs> it was really good though. I'm, I'm glad I read it. And uh, it was short, which was not typical of Stephen King, which was no. great. So now no. I'm on to the stand. How, which is how many pages long. is it? It was around 12 or 1300. Yeah. Which I have yeah. read that one. So I think I can conquer the stand. It's less, but not by much. <laughs> well, good luck on your, your journey. Um, Thank you. And, and now, now if you can read the stand while standing, I'll be impressed. You know, it wouldn't hurt me to just kind of walk around the neighborhood and read it instead of just <laughs> sitting down. Danger. What have you been up to other than watching friends? Uh, I, I don't, I haven't watched friends on a regular basis. It was just the one night I threw it on. Um, so I, you know, I said before that we've taken on the walking dead and we've kind of stayed in that. Uh, there was actually one night in the stretch of nights that I've had off that uh, we actually went to the store and bought um, ice cream and just binged The Walking Dead for several hours. But The Walking Dead is a commitment to take on. Um, yes, yes. Yeah, I think it had 11 seasons. And then uh, we haven't decided if we're going to go into The Walking Dead world. So you got Dead City for The Walking Dead and now Daryl Dixon. So, you know. Uh, we'll see if we get to all that, but you know, just still putting down Walking Dead and uh, digesting that. We did. We've we're about halfway through season three right now. We've just kind of watched all those and just a few sit downs. So outside of that, um, work and stuff here around the house. Yeah, not and very sorry. exciting in my world. <laughs> hey, sometimes that's a good thing. Yep, I'll take it. Like the year I had last year, I'll take that right now. George, what about you? Uh, I've been doing some collab work with some people, uh, setting up uh, interviews, making phone calls, taking care of the kids. 
So, Sarge, while I appreciate the collab work you're doing, because I know it's working towards Danger and Sarge stuff, there's a part of me that really wanted you to say, like, been doing some collab work on some rap albums. Like, no, like, I'm not Ben Shapiro. Please. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I love it. Okay. Yeah, I, um, while, I, while, while I appreciate it, what you're doing, I uh, definitely would have enjoyed if that's what you were up to, because I'd... Uh, I'd love to hear the new album. Uh, unfortunately, no. It's it's actually a lot of people don't understand how hard it is to try to get guests on the show that are meaningful and can add something. Like I literally have to watch content. I've watched pretty much all the Fat Electrician stuff that he's done, and I would love to get him on the show. But I got to try to figure out what it is we can talk about that's going to make for an interesting show. Yeah. So if you haven't, go to the Fat Electrician's website. Look him up on, on on YouTube. He makes learning military history fun. That's not what I like. I don't know the fat electrician, but I wasn't expecting you to say military history. I was expecting you to say like yeah, exactly. Like, it's it's a zinger when, when he catches you. It's a zinger, but it's really good. Okay, but All but right. Sarge, that's why we have you here. You make learning about military history fun. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. Danger, take us out. I hate doing the closing thing. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you have an idea for a topic that you'd like for us to talk about, you may have to wait for your letter to come around, but it may be worth the wait. So shoot us an email at dangerandsarge at gmail.com or shoot us a message on one of our, our social media platforms, Facebook, X, or Instagram. Go check out Tales from Reddit. Are we still doing Tales from Reddit, Sarge? No, nope, the Tales of Reddit is done because Reddit turned into an unmoderated cesspool of dick pics and not safe for work. It was that before you started. Oh, it's worse now. I don't know. I've I've barely checked Reddit, so I don't. I was know. gonna but say I haven't been on Reddit it's, in years. It, it's like I popped it open in the truck. Just popped open the homepage, right? And it was like not safe for work hardcore popped up, and I was like, Why? "Damn." Okay, no. so stay off of Reddit. Don't check out tales from Reddit. No, go back and listen to those. Uh, keeping your out for Sarge's new show, Unscripted, coming out that you talked about before. Go check out Breakdowns for Breakfast on uh, the uh, probably the same platform you're listening to this on. And uh, go check out the Breakdowns for Breakfast Facebook page. Yeah, that's yep. it. Yeah, okay. I took us out. Okay, bye. All right, bye, everybody. It's over. Done. Done.